just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. <laughs> and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and yes, we have a show oh tonight. Oh my gosh! Yes, we do. Robbie just uh, we have we have a new a uh, little bit of a new um, just a new rhythm tonight because now we have another yummy delicious show that precedes us. That's right. Uh, that was just live um, with Antonia, and so yeah, we, it allows us less time to get ready for our listeners and Facebook live viewers. And so Robbie just sort of jumped into the scene here because he was taking care of technical biz. That's right. So hello to everybody on Facebook yeah, live stream. Welcome, welcome to the show and welcome everybody to talkradio.myc. Yes. Hello, Callie Alpert. I have a question for you. Yes, please. Have you thrown any paper towels at anyone today? (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. I'm just wondering. Yeah, you know, um, I haven't, but um, I I witnessed that on some fleeting news clip that I saw earlier today. Yeah, you just, every day you see something new. Yeah, as if someone were chucking Mardi Gras beads into the crowds off of a parade float in New Orleans, but that's just me, and I'm trying not to criticize people. And after the Jewish New Year, trying to be right, a little kinder, a little right. less judgmental. Right. But that's how we're starting the show tonight, right? That's right, with paper towels. Yes, with paper towels and um, people throwing them at, yes, people in need. Um, and if you don't know what we're referring to, we are talking about uh, number 45 and his visit to Puerto Rico right. today. And uh, I guess it was part of a press conference or some sort of a coverage he opportunity. Was, he yeah. was helping out and he decided that a great way to help out would be to uh, to start <laughs> chucking things at people, just throwing them across the room. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, uh, yeah, we need a couple more million than that. But anyway, I guess it's a good start. And, uh, yeah. So So we wanted to really, um, you know, as much as we always have to find laughter inside of pain all the time, or what would we be, right? We'll we'll go crazy. Um, We will go crazy. And obviously the world is in um, such a progressively tougher place because there's so much pain and suffering going on, whether it's um, imposed by Mother Nature or as of the last 24 hours, uh, human beings in the massacre in Las Vegas. Mm. And so we wanted to, um, number one, acknowledge that and really um, speak to the fact that our our hearts and our prayers, it sounds so cliche because mm. you feel so powerless to do anything to really help people. Mm. Um, but we are really thinking about everybody that was affected by uh, what happened in Las Vegas mm. and um, and really sending our thoughts and our light. You know, I don't, I don't know what to do i mean i know what my little self does and it sounds so trite but you know mm-hmm. i do actually pray and send light and all the sort of energetic things i believe in but that certainly doesn't feel good when you're you know going through firsthand what's what you know hundreds of people have gone through so right i think it does have an effect though and it is good to to send good vibes and and thoughts and prayers to anyone who's suffering in Las Vegas or even with these catastrophes Everywhere. and all these disasters that are happening. It seems like we've been coming on the show lately and saying we're sending our hearts and prayers mm-hmm. and, and thoughts to everybody. Um, I did want to take time, though, to yeah. talk about what happened in Las Vegas. And um, I was watching Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers last night to see how they would address it because I had a feeling they would. And Seth Meyers uh, 
who always has excellent commentary, political commentary, social commentary, mm-hmm. um, just about society. It's such a brilliant show. The other shows are great, too. I know Jimmy Kimmel has been very active at voicing his opinions about health care because of his child. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Meyers basically said to Congress, uh, tell the truth. If if you don't want to talk about the Congress saying this is not the time to talk about gun violence and and new laws being passed. And Seth Meyers is like, OK, instead of saying, let's not talk about it now, just tell the truth. You don't want to talk about it at all. Period. And I think when you say you don't know what we can do, I think one of the things that we can do is use this forum and for other people to use their voices and to really share their opinions. When Newtown happened. When children were killed, I thought to myself, well, this is going to wake everybody up. This is going to do something as far as new legislation protecting people from the mentally ill getting their hands on guns or people getting semi-automatic or automatic weapons, which I still cannot believe that a human being would have Mm -hmm. not one automatic weapon, which is so unnecessary, but have multiple automatic weapons. After Newtown, I thought to myself, this is is going to change things. This is going to change Congress where they're going to wake up and they did nothing. Even when the parents of Newtown went to Congress and faced the Congress people face to face and called them out on their shit, they still did not do, did not do anything. Gabby Giffords gets shot, almost killed. They did nothing. Stephen Scalise, who's a Republican, this guy comes on a Republican softball field and tries to shoot a bunch of Republicans or Congress people. One of them gets almost fatally wounded and they still have done nothing. So when this happened, a part of me, it breaks my heart to see human beings treat other human beings this way. One of the challenges that I and I know this is way off topic, y'all, but we have to talk about this. One of the challenges that I have being on Earth is seeing how human beings treat other human beings sometimes it's just awful and i just think to myself that if this does not wake people up when this happened I, it broke my heart in a way it's terrible and another part of me went cold after they did nothing about newtown and i'm like if they don't learn the lesson this is going to keep happening you know, life is about learning lessons, and it's time for us to really stand up and start speaking out for what we believe so that this doesn't keep happening again and again yeah. without us doing something to help at least stop some of it. Yeah, um, and I totally agree with you. And, you know, when I'm listening to what you're saying, it um, it, it's, it, it's, it mirrors, and again, at a very different um, level. Um, it mirrors uh, even how we felt after the election. Anything where there's outrage, anything where there's a major uh, global, um, and when I say global, I don't mean literally, but even inside of our country, mm-hmm. but a huge um, uh, reaction, collective reaction, we hear the same thing. It's the way, it's the same reason that you know galvanized the women's march and the whole you know and all of that. And again, I'm not comparing um, because this is really sacred stuff. When children, when there's mass you know massacres, this country suffers more um, gun violence than any country does in the world, and mm-hmm. we definitely um, have the you know the highest amount of um, people that have suffered at the hands of these massacres than any other. And it's not a record that we're proud of or that we should ever really hold. Um, but like you said, what do we do about it? And what do people um, I don't know I feel like and I'm concerned that we're starting to get numb and we keep stretching our desensitizing faculties mm. yeah um, because change is not happening 
And so people galvanize, people come together. I said to you before we started the show today, even on the morning shows this morning, I heard the word heal and heroes and all the beautiful, beautiful moments of humanity that peek through these horrendous situations that we have. And we've been hearing that ever since, well, since the beginning of time, but I think about it more consciously since nine eleven, mm-hmm. you know, acts of heroism and humanity and tenderness and all of that in the wake and in the face of these, um, you know, atrocities. That said, like nothing really changes and they don't last for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe cumulatively, we don't know. We don't have a perspective where we can see that maybe something's happening cumulatively. Right. Um, but it shouldn't take any more, like you said. So it makes it it renders me feeling really powerless. I think a lot of people feel that way and I don't know what we do from here. Well, I think one of the things that we can do is use this anger and channel it. You know, anger has a value. And like you said, with the, the suffrage movement and different things that have happened with civil rights and, and movements in the United States and in the world where people were outraged and they took their rage and they channeled it. And this is one of those opportunities. I do want to stop and thank the first responders in Vegas, Amen, all the people yeah. who protected people. I heard about a husband who died protecting his wife. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the stories that we're hearing. Uh, from this tragedy and and um, you know thank God for people no matter what race creed religion colored uh, 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 political affiliation we're human beings and you saw a bunch of human beings helping other human yeah. beings there yeah. did you also right. see I could not believe this I mean it's it's almost out of a movie it's so surreal but did you see that right before the shooter started shooting um, I think it was um the guy from Big and Rich I think John Rich was leading the whole crowd in singing God bless America Oh, oh no I didn't know and that And they're all like thousands of people have their their phones up in the air mm-hmm. with the lights and they're going back and forth singing God bless America and then right after that is when the shooters started killing mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. So it's just it's you know you talk about it the big picture and and spiritually something's happening we're moving forward in a way towards the light with this thing whatever that may be um and i think part of that is that we actually start facing some of these demons and talking about them Mm -hmm. that this is a problem Mm -hmm. and um you know a friend of mine on facebook and i don't go on facebook a whole lot and i don't i went on twitter the other day what a mistake because we pose for our show and i went on twitter and i saw elizabeth warren say something about how trump is playing golf instead of doing something about puerto rico and uh, which again is unbelievable this guy's going away for the weekend when there's a million people without water i i i can't even begin to address that but anyway i read some of the responses to elizabeth warren and people are so angry and they have so much hate in them and it's like that something's happening but anyway I, i oh so i brought facebook because a friend of mine posted today why is it that we can look at um leaders in other countries and say that they can't have weapons of mass destruction but in the united states it's all right for people to have weapons of mass destruction every day and so you're using this frequently right so i wrote back and i said because the gun manufacturers don't lose money when leaders in other worlds lose their weapons of mass destruction they lose money in the united states it's also if i if uh, if I, i believe i'm correct about this it's it's this country houses the biggest industry for 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 weapon production and manufacturing too i think i'm not 
positive about that, but I, I believe so. Right. Um, so with our remaining two minutes before we introduce our guests, we are going to take a very big turn after the commercial, um, uh, which we'll we'll tee up to in just a moment. Um, but just in closing, you know, I have no answers. I, I haven't even processed this yet, and it's also at a, a very safe distance. And I think my heart bleeds more just individually for um, the stories that I hear and for the people that actually experienced. Um, this this massacre firsthand certainly right. you know um, but I don't have the answers to why we're not doing anything about it why we're not changing gun control laws why it feels like people aren't except all the obvious answers about money and the you know what tends to take priority in this country at the larger um, political levels right well greed when, greed destroys a lot and it's happened in history and we're seeing it now yeah. so we'll see if people really start standing up well, to greed gonna, but and we're and, and well and to that point i think it's very important because i'm much better question asker than i am an answerer is if we all look at everything that's going on what's happened with all the natural disasters all the people millions of people that are suffering at the hands of mother nature which was not ma- a man-made massacre but in some ways was, uh, you know, again, uh, it, it is, they are, all are um, natural disasters. And then we have um, this most recent man-made disaster. And I think we need to ask ourselves, you know, to dig deep and try to recognize what we can do in our own individual lives right. that collectively will ripple out to um, find the love, for right. lack of, you know, and, and find a way to really um, come together and to counteract all of the pain and the sorrow and the, and the negativity. I, that's right. all I can really well, suggest. No, and I think you said it well. And I just want to suggest that we do something. Just do something. With that, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll introduce our great guest. And Let's we will talk, talk about it is real we, quick. We will talk about our topic tonight, which is breakups and finding love again. We'll be right back. And welcome back, everybody, to the Robin Cali Show here on TalkRadio.nyc, and also for those of um, those of you who are watching us and joining us on Facebook Live, we are waving to you, and we really do from the bottom of our hearts always appreciate your support when you guys tune in, participate, Definitely. share stories. Yes. We're reading your little posts if you want to post any notes as we go forward. So um, as Rob said before the break, we're taking a big turn from um, obviously our first uh, segment, and we are going to be talking about... Um, breakups and the idea of finding love again. So we'd like to introduce our amazing guest um, who we have calling in tonight, um, Rebecca Freedom McClaskey. Hi, Rebecca. Number one, welcome. Hi, can you guys hear me okay? We can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear us okay? Yep. Nice to see you. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Can't see you, but thank you for joining us. So I just wanted to give a little um, introduction, number one, and then we'll get into our conversation. So Rebecca is a relationship and breakup specialist and a writer whose work has appeared on Elephant Journal and whose private practice focuses on helping clients get what they want out of life and love. Rebecca calls upon her clairvoyant skills and five years as a counselor um, to create true-to-life strategies that result in clients manifesting their desires. Her latest book is called Breakup Rehab, Creating the Love You Want, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So official welcome to you, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. So where are you right now? Are you in California? Yes, I'm in uh, Rancho Santa Fe, California. So that's where you're based, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, North County, San Diego. 
So do you, uh, so I guess we should get right into it too, because we found, you know, first of all, I, I love the title of your book. Obviously the topic is very pervasive. I don't know that there's a human being on the planet that can't relate to the pain of a breakup once in a while. Maybe even more than once in a while. Um, Rob and I are smiling and nodding at each other. Um, how did you, first of all, come to sp- specialize or focus on the idea of breakups? The, the back story is, <clears throat> is a really long one, but I've, um, I can distill it down to, to these kind of bullet points. Is that my parents died in my 20s, and... Um, that led me to go into the field of psychology and to get my master's. And I realized very early on that I couldn't be a grief counselor because it was too close. It was too close. So right next, and you guys are just talking about death, right next to the heartbreak of death is the heartbreak of the death of relationship. So um, that's how I decided to specialize in, uh, in breakups. And so as far as becoming a counselor, how did that happen in your life? Is it because of how you grew up or is it just something that you found you were always drawn to? Yeah, I had um, weird parents. <laughs> I, had, like, I have no idea. What I had really, yeah, what are you talking about, Rebecca? Yeah, I, <laughs> I had weird, I had parents that were hippies that found Jesus, that then found Carlos Castaneda and, you know, Rudolf Steiner and... My dad was a chiropractor and hypnotist and healer and pastor and motorcycle rider. So, you know, that amalgamation of things um, kind of pointed me in the direction of psychology. And then I just I fell in love with it and just kept going to become a counselor. Did you, and how much empirical, if I may ask, because I know you're pretty open about this and um, in what uh, what your muse was for writing your current this, this book, is what's your personal experience with breakups? Or what was it before you maybe got a little more wise and processed to how to deal with them in a, in a more gentle way? Had you had a big history of breakups? Uh, God, I'm, I would say I'm, I mean, this... I'm on my own odyssey right now, for sure. Like, writing a book sort of has this way of uncovering things you didn't know about yourself. So the initial the initial process of this took me, I say, uh, like, two years and three breakups to write <laughs> the, <laughs> the original book. But, you know, the universe has a sense of humor because I started dating somebody earlier this year and he broke up with me just before the book came out. So uh, it's like, oh, a refresher course. Awesome. <laughs> You're oh, like, man. in case I forgot what pain was, you reminded me. Thank you so much. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you have to rewrite any of the chapters of your book? No, the book was the book was already out. I was reading the chapters, being like, "Wow, this is really going to work. This is good stuff." (laughs) (laughs) That I would think that'd be the most interesting breakup, though. That's almost like out of a movie. You're a woman, a a counselor who wrote a book about breakups. You're about to publish it, and your boyfriend has to break up with you. I wonder what he said. Like, I really hope the book does well. (laughs) If you need any help on Facebook, I'll share it. Do you really want to know? It's like the most asinine thing ever. He tells me, okay, I, I, the girl I'm dating, I want to feel in my bones that she's my life partner. Then he tells me, and you're not it. Oh. And then I'm like, cool. Then, and he, I'm like, cool, then we shouldn't talk to each other for a while, for two weeks, and just because I need to gather myself. And um, 
And then he sends me a text the next day, and he's like, I got your book in the mail. Can't wait to read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What kind of cruel irony uh, is happening right yeah, now? Well, it's like the, it's the quintessential Dr. Heal Thyself sort of concept, right? I guess, you know, through our own experience makes us better at helping other people in certain areas. So what, generally speaking with breakups, what do you think? Because it is such a ubiquitous thing. I mean, every, I don't know that there's anyone on the planet that doesn't know what, you know, what a breakup feels like. Is there a certain, are there different um, sort of themes or categories of breakups or misperceptions about breakups? Um, It's a really good question if there's any, like, themes or categories of breakups. Certainly there's the the two top reasons people break up. The first one is just an utter breakdown in communication, right? Mm -hmm. And communication also being not just verbal communication, but physical communication. Like, sex is a form of communication. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the second is financial, just like, you know, your needs being taken care of, survival mode. So those are the two things that really uh, unravel relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk about the breakup happens. We've all been through it. It's intense pain a lot of times. If, you know... Even if you're the one who ended the relationship, a lot of times they're still grieving that you have to go through and you're still going to miss the other person and, and there's sadness about it and all these feelings that come up and the five stages of grieving and everything. But let's talk about the person who just is going through the breakup right now. Maybe things that we can offer them right now. They're in pain. It's so surreal. They're trying to understand reality. What can you recommend to them, Rebecca? The first thing to look out for is self-aggression, is we get, we, we're like, I'm so dumb, what did I do wrong, how could I fail at relationship, moron, just like, we just get, we, it's like in the moment that we need to be the most gentle with ourselves, mm-hmm. it's like there's this part of our ego that just turns on us, you know? And then, and then the self-aggression can also look like um, just jumping into another relationship before you're even healed, mm-hmm. you know? And then you end up hurting then the, then the hurt just gets passed on. So I would say the one number one tip is to um, to slow down and and have positive self talk. You tried your best. This is a learning experience. What's the gift in this? And you know, smoke some weed every once in a while too. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen, sister. Whatever it takes. Just smoke takes. some pot. Just not a lot. <laughs> not all the time. But, you know. The first Rebecca's week, like, maybe. when all else fails, try drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, yeah, well, right. Or whatever. Just your, your vices in moderation. Sometimes we need whatever our vices in yeah. moderation, right? As long as it doesn't. I, t- I mean, us. I basically, how I dealt with it is I went to a concert and in, at, in Red Rocks in Colorado and just danced. And I, mm. you know, that on that particular night, I was like, I'm smoking weed. And then the rest of the time, it was like, and I'm working the steps. Mm. You know, it's not like, I, I don't want to be a nun about your breakup. It's messy. Breakups are just freaking messy. Yeah. Yeah, they also, so so what about, because um, Rob just alluded to it, sort of the different stages of grief. I mean, grief from a breakup is a real thing. There is a, and again, there's so many different varying degrees, I, um, you know, I imagine, and I've experienced myself, but there is a real death, um, on some mm-hmm. level that goes on. I don't know if that sounds too melodramatic, but do you agree with that? And how do you advise um, your readers and your um, and your clients when it comes to sort of honoring that process and going through that mm-hmm. emotion? 
Well, I talk about it in the book um, that breakup actually has a physical, it, it is a physical injury. The same parts of your brain light that get, re, um, when you get rejected are the same parts that light up if someone cut you, like physically mm. cut you. Wow. So there is a, there is a, like a correlation. Um, absolutely. Physic, it's a phys, breakup is a physical injury. It's not just an emotional injury. It physically takes time for our body to detox. Um, because love is intoxicating. So as far as the stages of grief, they're going to take the time they take. I think that's what I would tell everybody. Like, you don't, you don't rush through the process, you know, by, like, burying it under a new relationship or whatever. I mean, you can, and mazel tov, but, you know, <laughs> I think that if you're going to... I tell people, I've used this metaphor, like, imagine you broke your leg... And um, you're trying to repair it by, like, smashing it with a hammer every day. Mm. Well, that's what, a, that's what getting into a new relationship is pretty much like if you're not, if you don't give it the time it needs to repair and heal and work the steps. Right, right. So it's about giving yourself time to feel the feelings and get the feelings out and heal. And there could be wounds that happened long before the person showed up in your life. You know, it could be back to childhood stuff. I personally found that when I've grieved relationships, it's healed a part of me. It's gotten out maybe some of the neediness I had as a kid where, you know, I just didn't have needs met as a child. And I carried that into relationships as an adult, not where I was super needy, but just things that I needed to sort of grow through. And I used the relationship and breaks up breakups to do that kind of work let's talk about the person though who's avoiding that who's avoiding grieving avoiding the steps you're talking about in the book and they just keep running back to the person so the breakup becomes makeup and then break up and make up and break up again what do you say to that person yeah the push-pull relationships i would say you're so very human just like an example of just just humanity i i just keep saying I snuck this in the book, the concept of destiny. Like, none of us really know what's going on. Mm. <laughs> we, we don't. Life is senseless. It just doesn't, you know, but it, there's this series of events that string together um, to try to make sense of it. So what I would say to the person that's leaving and going back and leaving, going back and leaving, going back, like, that's going to be the thing that defines your life. And life is way bigger, way bigger than a person that's the wrong fit for you. You know, choose something else. Mm. Yeah, when you're in, and so it's sort of, I'm hearing the kind of the, the surrender concept, right? Of really ultimately mm-hmm. kind of letting go and, and, and trusting that something bigger and higher and more divine is going on. Is that what we're hearing? You're, you're definitely sticking the landing with that. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I, I personally think God has a bigger dream for my life than I could ever have. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to talk. I just want to talk about that real briefly because this book, like I, I self-published it at first, and it just like sat there and you know on like the millionth book on Amazon that was self-published. But my agent found me and then shopped me around, and at the eleventh hour, New World Library picked me up, mm. and I'm among. They're an incredible publishing house, and so it's like. I didn't plan all that. <laughs> like, I didn't orchestrate all of that. I just went about the business of living my life. And now this book is real and out in the world and helping people. So to the point of our lives and our relationships, there's there's a bigger, yeah, there's a bigger plan happening than 
than our little finite minds can see. That's right. Amen that's right. That. Yeah, we talk about that on the show. One mm-hmm. of our favorite words on the show is serendipity. So we're glad that some serendipity happened to you. We're going to be going to break, and we will be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Robin Kelly Show. Tonight, our guest is Rebecca Freedom McCleskey. And uh, we're talking about breakups and we're talking about finding love again. And sometimes when you're waiting to find love again, the waiting is the hardest part. And just want to send prayers and good wishes to Tom Petty. Rest in peace. Yes, thank we're going to miss you, that. bro. Yes. Today I was singing Tom Petty songs all day. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's hard to believe he's not with us anymore. But thank you, Tom. You were a great musician, singer, songwriter, performer, artist, yeah. creative dude. Awesome. And a piece of Americana. And also I heard somebody talking today, um, I think a DJ, one of my favorite local radio stations who had, you know, met him or worked with him and interviewed him over the years, who said he was genuinely one of those guys who wasn't your cliche rock star diva. You know, I've interviewed a good amount of rock stars along the way and I've been lucky um, as well. But there have been plenty that uh, just, you know, are a little harder to manage. And apparently he was not one of those people. And so God bless. Yeah. He always seemed like a dude. You know, just a, a really yeah, great dude. Yeah. With great music. Great songs. So anyway, getting back to our guest, Rebecca, Callie and I were talking about during the break. Callie was thinking that maybe men get into relationships quicker after their spouse passes away or after a breakup. And I was saying that I don't know if it's a gender thing because I know people, men or women who just jump from one relationship to another and can't really spend a lot of times on their own. Have you found that or, or do you have any statistics about that? Well, I call it lily padding. Yeah. Yes, I have statistics because I've done it. <laughs> like, everything, everything, everything in the book is field tested. Like this is not just like some academic like, I've gone into the trenches and been like, maybe Tinder's not the best way to meet people. Right. Which, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I've definitely, <laughs> I worked with veterans and they always told me the best way to get, um, uh, how do they say, the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody. Mm. So, hey, amen to that, baby. As far, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. Just, it, in, yeah. in the short term, why not? But in the long term, maybe not. It's just more of a band aid than, uh, than a healing mechanism, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it really depends on your priorities. Like, if you are a person that wants to have, like, a lasting, enduring relationship, you're really interested in intimacy and connection and fellowship with your partner and being able to, like, you know, deepen together in that in that realm of monogamy, then you're, that's going to look different. You're going to set different boundaries. But for peop- there's other people that have really flexible boundaries, too, and they're generally polyamorous or sluts. I know. I've been there, done that. So, like, <laughs> I think we all have. This is like an yeah. autobiography. Yeah, yeah like no judgment. I know. Like, Rebecca, what did you have, like a, a Cali chapter and a Rob chapter as well? <laughs> I should. So you could find it in there, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's, it's relatable for sure. Um. I wanted to, so to that point though, you know, what you said earlier, which I find kind of um, really fascinating, I think that um, self compassion is obviously a very um, important and perhaps underrated or under practiced um, concept 
Uh, and maybe maybe it's just me crawling out of my therapist's office earlier today and talking just about that. So maybe I'm personalizing just a little too much. <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of people know how to treat other people better than they know how to treat themselves. And I think that the point that the idea of coming out of a relationship and not beating yourself up and just sort of giving yourself that space and that love to just accept what went down is really important. I also believe, and maybe this is just my nature and maybe I'm too much the other extreme, where sometimes I... Um, because I tend to approach most things in life as a learning opportunity, um, especially relationships, because I, 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 I firmly believe that um, like most of our romantic relationships, if not all, are mirrors of something we need to heal with our family of origin, you know, um, and so I tend to, when I'm in relationships or having issues or breakups or, you know, even good times, I tend to look at it like, where's my place in that, What you know, trace it back to where the triggers were born work really hard dig really deep look in the mirror maybe a little too much almost to the point where it can get a little exhausting or i may take a little too much ownership and let the other person off the hook even a little too quickly not that you want to hold grudges or you know maybe that's not the right wording you know so what are your thoughts on that like how much is about being gentle and not judging and how much is about using it as a tool to really look very deeply at ourselves so that maybe we can prevent it from happening again well, again, my um, brilliant. I'm glad you're going to therapy. I definitely <laughs> like. There's so many paths that we're all trying to figure out how to be human. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're all trying to kind of figure out this human experience, and and definitely through the course of like falling in love, opening your heart, um, and then getting the shit triggered out of you by the other person. Because inevitably, we both have egos, and we're both like, I want to win, <laughs> and. And so that brings up all the stuff that you were talking about. It definitely brings up um, the fight or flight instinct and, and creates judgments. It creates barriers. It creates just a lot of different behaviors. And, uh, and we, get to sort, we get to sort out what works and what doesn't, what's functional, like what's actually, you know, leading us closer to our goals and what's dysfunctional. And so... Um, to that point, it is a lifelong journey. <laughs> right, right. It's all part of growth. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different lessons to learn in love. I want to talk about mm-hmm. one of the chapters you have in the book. Um, it talks about vulnerability, and I think it's recognized the strength in vulnerability. One of the things that's helped me in breakups and something I recommend to clients and, and friends, people I know, is to be vulnerable and to talk about what's going on rather than, it's all right, I'll be fine, and sort of like shutting down in the moving on because then you really don't heal and you really don't learn what you need to learn, and then you repeat the same mistakes over and over again. So being vulnerable, especially for guys, you know, we're talking not to cry and you got to be tough and don't be vulnerable don't show weakness you know it's not attractive it's not cool so Rebecca can you talk about vulnerability and the power of it it is yeah I know it's a, it's a little bit of a buzzword and um, so so I had the experience of this today because uh, I talked to my I talked to my ex and I, we're just very much in this, like, liminal space of, like, is there a friendship here or are we just going to be, like, bon voyage, you know? Like, thanks for the ride. And um, so the vulnerability in that was he asked me, um, are you being friendly to me because you still want to get together? And at first, 
I didn't say anything. I said, I don't know, which was not vulnerability because I was afraid. But after I overcame that fear and I was like, yes, I want to get back together with you, the doors like flew open to where it was like completely clear why we broke up, uh, totally yeah. different situations. Like he is in his own exploration and examination of life that looks way different than mine, mm. way different, you know? Right. Um, and and so so by being able to like dig deep, own my truth, and just be fearless. That's a level of vulnerability. There is like fearlessness to it. Barriers down, and you just speak it into the world. It sets you free every time. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Because it's hard, you know. It's, um, I'm going through a recent, I don't even know that I use the word breakup, because this, this doesn't fit the mm. conventional mold of a relationship, because there are sort of three chapters <laughs> over the, he's I laughing, know, Rob's laughing at me. I know what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it a rerun. A rerun. It's like a, re- <laughs> it's a repeat. Um, thanks. Well, it was fresh. It was fresh in its own way each time, but right. we don't need to get it. Um, uh, but that's okay because you had to listen to it more than most people did, so you can say whatever you like. I'm glad you're um, smiling about uh, it. Yeah, that's no, all I'm, I care and about. And so I can, well, um, you know, I mean, obviously, because we personalize these um, topics, and this one's so relatable. Uh, you know, but to your point, Rebecca, about um, when you come back in contact with somebody, and then there's a place where you're trying to find um, a space or not. And you know, I, I had it, it, uh, some time ago when um, when this guy and I um, knew that we could not, you know, move forward. We weren't on the same page, um, despite really thinking that we were um, when we first kind of launched this latest chapter. Um, you know, I tried to find a place uh, uh, for friend. We both tried to find a place for friendship because we really care. Um, I think still, you know, we'll always care about each other and wanted to have. And we're miserable if we didn't have some sort of contact and weren't in each other's lives. But then I realized um, that even that didn't work. It just we weren't showing up for each other in the way that we needed to, even to redefine a new friendship. And so that's when you know I felt like I had to really shut the door. And um, some of it was a personal declaration to myself. Some of it was out of necessity. Um, so when I catch myself now still having those pangs or craving, you know, it's very interesting. You have to really separate out how much is it about this particular person and how much is it about just a person filling that void for you. And I think that that distinction is really, um, it's difficult. You have to get really honest with yourself and really accepting and remind yourself of all the reasons that you're not together. And then, like you said, sort of surrender to the idea that if you were meant to be together, you would be, rather than fighting and grasping and, right, sort of, um, you know, trying to make something that isn't really happening. So I'm not sure what my question to you is here, except that I guess we're... Let's, so, let's just talk about codependency. Let's just yeah, do that. Yeah, please, let's, because I know that all too well. <laughs> Let's just jump in. Yeah, because, please. Um, because there, there, uh, there's definitely healthy relationships and codependent, addictive relationships, right? And we, we're not one is not better than the other. They're both going to teach you something, right? So let's just level the playing field and say we're all figuring this out again. No shame in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, when it comes to when it comes to sorting this out, and I certainly, I, my therapist was like, Rebecca, you don't let people break up with you. I, I'm like, I know. I'm like a bulldog. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you will stay forever. It puts the lotion on the skin. I'm just tenacious in, in a way with when it comes to the end of things. And of course, you know, my background, parents dying would, would lend to that. So mm-hmm. to your point about knowing when to hold them and when to fold them as is like if those are the moments that 
that the rubber hits the road where you're either going to decide to love yourself, you're going to just decide that you're not going to put your focus on some external thing, you know, and you're going to figure out what it means to love you, Mm -hmm. to love the body that you're in, Mm -hmm. to love the talents that you have, to love the way that you go about dealing with conflict, that you're just going to love it. And, and, and that there's allowance for who you be. There's allowance for you in the world instead of just walking around being like, I'm wrong and I need to correct myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the point of when you finally, there's a relationship where you're just like, God, I miss this person. I loved what we had together, but we just can't seem to connect. That is, that is the loud cry of you needing to reconnect with yourself and with your higher power. Yeah, nicely yeah. said, and such an important lesson. We can't be good in a relationship with anybody else if we're not good with ourselves. And to the point of um, an old couples counselor that I went to many, many years ago who said to me and my boyfriend at the time, love feels good, and I was so pissed at her because it was so overly simplified, and she was right. So just for anybody who's struggling out there, it's supposed to feel good, and it's supposed to feel easy. doesn't mean it doesn't require work, but it's supposed to feel good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to jump to our... Um, another break and when we come back Rebecca we'd like to talk to you about some actionable steps that people can take in your recovery rehab and your um, the 12 steps to uh, love recovery we'd like to hear more about that we'll be right back Welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show. Tonight we're talking about breakups and finding love again, and we're we're talking about recovery yeah, from yeah. breakups and and healing and taking care of that little kid who's crying on the inside yeah. and and making sure that somehow they they heal enough to move on and open up to love again. Tonight our guest is Rebecca Frieda McClaskey. So Rebecca, one of the things that we try and do on the show is we offer takeaways to guests, uh, takeaways to our audience, and we we ask guests to come up with some real actionable steps or things that they can do. So let's talk to that person who either is going through a breakup or maybe they've gone through the other side and they're open to dating again and getting back out there. What are some things that you can suggest to them? And do you have a hot woman and a hot guy for Robin for myself? But that's a <laughs> And for a few ladies in the studio that just for the next show. <laughs> I, I can see my, I'm going to see myself when I'm 50 starting like a dating company, just being all like, all right, I'm on the other side now. Like, that's just a, like Re- Yenta. Rebecca, you and I <laughs> have to talk. We'll, we'll start a matchmaking service on either coast. I'll represent the East Coast. You represent the West Coast. <laughs> totally. Uh, Tupac and Biggie. There you go. <laughs> that's exactly um, what I was thinking. It will be the wrap of romance. <laughs> so the actionable steps, obviously the first one is, is buy the book, you know, like buy the book. And I, if you read just one chapter per week, that's going to get you 12, that's 12 weeks. And that is, that's the time frame that you really need to heal your broken heart. Um, and we say we want it to happen in 24 hours, you know, like I'm over it, but <laughs> Just, it just keeps unfolding and furling, and there's more stuff that comes up and more stuff that comes up. So um, definitely buy the book, read a chapter per week. The second thing is journal. Um, anything you want to say to your ex, anything that you feel like I need to text or call or anything like that, like put it in a journal first and sit on it for 24 hours. Like don't be impulsive. Like this is a time where you need to be able to gather yourself and not re-injure yourself. Don't and then press the, send. Yeah, yeah. And then the third I've the third thing I would really say 
is like I'm I'm creating a detox program for sure, but in in the lieu of before that launches, I would say get into Coda, get into Codependence Anonymous, and go to an actual twelve steps meeting meeting as well because it's amazing what the fellowship is will do for you. Just sitting there in a group of people that you're just like, oh, we're all fucked up together. This is great. <laughs> like this is so helpful. Do people fall in love in those rooms. Um, I don't, I mean, it's Callie's, frowned upon. Callie's interested yeah. in going to a meeting all of a sudden. She's like, forget Tinder. Yeah. Where's this CODA meeting? I love boys that can talk about their emotions openly. Okay, moving on. More about you. More about you. So, yeah, so those would, be the, those would be the actionable steps. And, you know, by all means, disaster and destruction is, is totally a, a, few, a way to create. It's like, by all means, you know, we, we see the... All the artists were brooding and crazy. So, you know, we can all be love artists in our own way. Mm. Right. Oh, right. That is a good one. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you talk about, Rebecca, in your book is this mantra, be brave, try again. Talk about this. Yeah. Where do we get the faith from? Where do we restore the faith? Yeah. So being brave and trying again is like when a breakup ends, one of the main things is like, uh, um, if you did the breakup, you'll be like, I guess I'm going to have to settle or, you know, regret. You carry regret of caring. Or if you're broken up with, you're, you want to be, sorry, dogs are barking in the background. If you want to be broken up with, or if you're broken up with, then um, the be brave is really to say, like, this isn't the end of the story. One person or one relationship can't, like, define me. Right. You know, like there's, I'm going to, I'm going to take the time needed to heal. And then at the right time, I'll try again. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just want to talk. Can you guys hear the dog? I'm sorry. Oh, about that's that. okay. <laughs> we we love dogs on the show. Dogs are great. What do you call it? Um, so, um, yeah, one of the things I want to talk about regret is someone told me regret is wishing for what might have been rather than what was supposed to be. And that's something that's helped me in breakups. And the other thing is, I've talked about this on the show before, where I found that I was in relationships that were almost but not quite, and that the universe didn't want almost for me. The universe wants the most for me. And so I think it's about having the faith that you can meet someone who is a good fit for the long run and who is like a a soulmate, lifelong partner. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I love that statement, and I'm going to take it and steal it. Thank you. Sure. Um, <laughs> about the, the all. We the can work out residuals. And, Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, 10%. Um, the, so all of our lives have a particular sort of um, undercurrent to that, and the undercurrent, I would say, is inspiration, that, which is, you know, spirit within. So if you are... If you're inspired to date somebody and that feels like a connection, but it turns out to be an approximation, then you just trust that, you know, you trust, you trust it for the time that it was in your life. You know, no, we're not wasting time here. We're all learning as we go. So anything that's an almost is, is still very much part of you becoming more of who you are. Mm, Right. Right. If you just sort of, so kind of holistic acceptance of every experience every relationship propelling you forward to the bigger and the better one mm-hmm. i mean is that how yes. you see yeah it? i mean ever too much too many almosts is there such a thing well i mean it, yeah it can be hard it can be hard if you're that's why i said like set your priorities because um i will i'll say that moving forward in my life like in dating again 
I'm not going to sleep with somebody the first night. You know, it's like I'm going to take some time to get to know them. Oh. And, and specifically. Yeah, Callie, that's how <laughs> yeah. you do that. Is that my problem? Callie, you slow things yeah. down yeah. a little. Yeah. You know, you get to know yeah. them a little yeah. bit. I should be so fast. Yeah. I'd yeah. probably be much, in a much but better mood. Specifically, specifically in, <laughs> as addicts, um, love addicts, it's, um, the, the rule is for, uh, two months of dating. Mm-hmm. Not no, no overnights. Literally, like going on a date with a beginning and an end time, mm-hmm. and right. before you ever sleep together, yeah. and you know, yeah, it's just not how we normally do things in the world. But it's, if you want intimacy, that's probably one of the best best pieces of advice I can give you. Is you know, give yourself two months. Right. Yeah. Right. That's pretty reasonable, actually. Well, for yeah, it depends on how you're made. Like I've never had that be a challenge. Right. Know? I like that. That pacing feels. Nice. Right, but the, it's good that you mentioned that because I know in the book you've talked about this as well, is that physical chemistry sort of distorts things sometimes mm-hmm. or it confuses us. And we think because we have great physical chemistry, this is a great relationship. And then we find we're not mm-hmm. compatible in other ways. Right. So if you slow down the sex and you get to know somebody before you jump into bed, it's sort of a way for you to see whether you are compatible with this person in other ways. I mean, sex is the easiest thing. We're animals first, right? So it's like physical attraction. Mm-hmm. is the easiest part of a relationship in a way in the beginning and then it's about all the other stuff the emotional stuff the spiritual stuff you know the mental stuff you know do we actually connect on other levels mm-hmm. although I'm, I'm mm-hmm. what well, we talk you know this about me I'm totally the opposite as much as I know what it you know feels like to have an automatic attraction to someone any relationship anybody I've ever really loved or been in something real with it's always been because there's been more of um, like an essence connection like a spiritual or emotional emotional or sort of metaphysical connection Mm -hmm. and then the sexuality kicks in like three seconds later but it's never been just based on raw primal that comes first i don't know if that's also again generalizing more of a female versus male thing generalizing (laughs) (laughs) because our next host is completely the peanut gallery here is sort of they have their own opinions about all this siding with the male energy right right uh, so i guess it it depends on the person let's just say that my generalizations that's right yeah. So we're getting to the end of the show. We've got three minutes left. Rebecca, why don't you tell everybody where they can find the book, where they can find out more about you? Sure, yeah. Go to um, RebeccaFreedom.com. That's R-A-B-E-K-A-H Freedom.com. I'm, like, totally revamping the website as a place that people can come home to because after a breakup, we all feel like we're wayward children. So I'll collect all the orphans. And then um, they can get the book on uh, they can get the book on New World Library or Amazon.com. And I also have my own podcast where I talk about all of this stuff called HeardNotSeen.com. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. This has been really great. You're yeah. going to help so many orphans out there thank who are you, looking Rebecca. to come home within themselves <laughs> yeah, and get to the other side so yeah. they can get back out there and find their soulmate. Yeah, you just you just um, you just earned yourself two more adoptees. You just didn't know it. We're, we're just yeah. Come, come to the fold. Yes, to the fold. Well, definitely, definitely. But thank you. I think All right, this thank is, you guys so derive, much. People will derive great, um, great. Uh, Um, help and education and inspiration from your work. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, thanks, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. So this is so great. So um, we got some really great stuff planned for our show. Um, Thank you, everybody, for watching on Facebook live stream. Thank you, Um, everyone, We have some guests we've already booked. 
yeah, we have some guests we booked for the next several months. Really great people. I think everyone's going to be very interested in the topics. And of course, we're going to try and keep things timely as well. One of the things that Callie and I have talked about is opening up the show more, not just self-growth, but talking about self-growth even in the world today, how we can learn some of the lessons together about what's going on. Um, So it's something that we're going to continue to do on the show. Yes, we are. So with that, this is the end of another episode of The Rob and Callie Show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Take care, y'all.